Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Happy Monday. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Michelle Pichet, and I'm here today with Dr. Timothy Hayes. We warmly welcome you to the show, and thank you for choosing to be with us. Today is February 22nd, 2016. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. If you press 1, that will put you into queue to talk with Dr. Hayes. We encourage you to call in with your comments or questions, which allow you to actively strengthen your process. So now let's welcome Tim in the conversation of learning and experiencing forgiveness. Thank you, Michelle. How are you today? I'm I'm doing well today. Thanks for asking. Are you busy doing seven other things or just on the switchboard? Actually, I cleared um, everything for the switchboard. I'm completely here. I might I might uh, dip out for a. Uh, a little lunch break, but I'll bring it back. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate your being here and helping out with the switchboard. Thank you. And um, do we have anybody with a hand up or anything going on in the chat room yet, or has that not had time to get up yet? Yeah, I think people are uh, just warming up here. But, yeah, we definitely have an audience. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you want to share with us today. All right. Well, we're we're running on short notice. I got the text uh, in the middle of a session earlier that Michael tried to do the breath session early today, and it isn't working out. So we're going to fill in as best we can. We're here to talk about the ancient Aramaic process of forgiveness. We're here to talk about a whole host of tools that Michael and Jeannie make available to people to improve the quality of their lives and relationships and um i was listening to some past shows over the weekend and um i heard myself say something about uh a variety of other tools that michael offers so in the list of tools i mentioned i heard myself think oh i didn't mention this one and this one so i should mention those So the primary tool is forgiveness. It's the reality management worksheet. It's something that's very counterintuitive. It goes directly against what our culture teaches us when it tells me that you made me angry and you hurt my feelings. 
And this tool works on the understanding that I can only feel what's going on inside of me. And this tool works with the understanding that when I think angry thoughts, I begin to feel the chemistry of the anger of the angry thoughts that I have chosen. And if I feel happy thoughts, it's because I'm focusing on happy I'm sorry, if I feel happy emotions, it's because I've been feeling and focusing on happy thoughts. So the bottom line is that it's all an inside job. And living in a culture that teaches me I should be angry and upset when other people don't do what I want them to do and that I should chase around after them and try and get them to change what they're doing so that I don't have to feel something inside of me, it produces a very conflictual existence. It produces the wild goose chase mentality. It produces blame. And the ancient Aramaics understood, and probably long before uh, Yeshua in his time, this was understood that this is an inside job and I create my experience of life by the thoughts I choose to focus on. And I I encapsulate it this way in a handout I give my patients in a first session. One of the observations on that list says, what happens to me and around me in my life is nowhere near as important as how I choose to interpret and respond to those events. And this is ancient wisdom. I didn't create that. That's just my formulation of the statement, that it's all an inside job. And so we're here to teach people about what Yeshua and others taught, this tool of forgiveness, to shebag, to cancel, to dismantle that which does not belong inside of me. And when I do that, I feel better instantly, even if the people outside of me the situations outside of me stay the way they were when I thought that's what was making me angry. And we are encouraging people to go to the website at www.whyagain.org. Click on the red and white bullseye or the link that says start here. Download Chapter 24 of Michael's book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? Download the most recent version of the seven-step worksheet process and actually put your pen to the paper and answer the questions, fill in the blanks, and work through a process that's completely available, completely free to dismantle your anger, your fear, your sadness, your hurt, your guilt, your pain, your shame, And prove to yourself one worksheet at a time that it is an inside job and that no one and nothing outside of you needs to change in order for you to be happy. One of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite books, The Mirror Theory, is the minute I think someone or something outside of me needs to change in order for me to be happy, the key to happiness is lost. So that's the core of this work we're encouraging people to go there, check that out, download it, and apply it in their lives. Yes, Michelle? We have a caller. Would you like to take that? Sure. 
Okay, great. So it's area code 417, somewhere in Missouri. Uh, who's calling? Oh, hey, Michelle and uh, Tim. This is Shirley. How are you? Good. I see that you guys have the uh, radio show today. Is this Julie Haversick? It is. It is. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I um, I'm I was assuming that Michael and Jeannie were going to be on, so um, I was to uh, call in today and um, let them know that I would be, you know, part of the show. So what I would like to add to this show is that when I found Michael, and this is like at least 28 years ago, I was looking for a way to change things. You know, my life was, I mean, I did a lot of self-help and a lot of reading, you know, just every time there was a new book out on theoretic um, type thing, I would get it and read it and think I was right on the right wavelength until I was uh, realizing I wasn't really changing anything. And when I went to hear Michael speak at Antioch College, I realized then after he got about halfway through the worksheet, wow, this is the way to change things. This is the way to change your life. So it's not even about like if you're in pain, you're in error. It's about, hey, you can change your whole life this way. And, you know, cancel out things that you don't want and put in things that you do want and be the co-creator that you really are. So it was a very powerful moment there at Antioch College, and, of course, I've pursued it ever since then. I started doing five worksheets a day and have been doing that pretty much all these years. And as Michelle, I think she and Jeannie added up the amount of worksheets, and she found that it was Buku worksheets. And, of course, there were other times I did more than five a day. But anyway, I I would support anybody, you know, getting on the website you know, learning how to do this tool and empowering themselves to live a different life, live a different, uh, live a life of being chosen, a, a chosen life versus a a life of whatever's there, whatever is located in the ego, whatever is repeating um, the repeating patterns of their life, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, that's what I'd like to you know chime in with you today. Well, that's perfect. That's perfect, and um, I echo your sentiments that the application of these tools is life-changing. It has certainly changed my life to, to apply these on a regular basis and to decide to become a teacher of the work. Uh, my dad used to say, see one, learn one, I'm sorry, uh, do one, and then teach one, and then that that skill will be yours. If you see it done and you do it yourself and then you teach it to somebody else, then you'll make it your own. And that's what I have found over and over with this work is the more I teach it, the more I make myself available to talk about it on the Internet shows and do the two groups, the better I get at being able to apply it in the moment when I get triggered to something unlike love in my life. And it's been transforming my life since I first ran into the tools. And I think your comments are perfect because I was mentioning in the intro that uh, I heard myself say in in a past show, here's a list of other tools that Dr. Rice has on the website. And I didn't hear myself say in that list, purpose, personal power, and commitment. 
and talk about something that will absolutely change your life, the tool of defining your secondary purpose, getting very clear about what your primary purpose is, and defining your secondary purpose, and then choosing each day to make sure that you don't spend any significant amount of time, intelligence, money, and energy. If it conflicts with those two purposes, that will help you, that has helped me dramatically improve my effectiveness by focusing my energy in alignment with my primary and secondary purposes. And that's that's been a big life changer for me. Have you used that tool much, Julie? I, I have used that tool. Um, I've also asked um, the Holy Spirit to go before me every day, go before me, make way my path. And that's been very enlightening. And, again, that's, again, applying, you know, the principle of, of you know, of, of beingness, you know, rather than just what is. But I have used that, and I actually am focusing more on that. And I think that more I can align with that, the more um, get all the self-directed um, it feels like those things are kind of coming in line naturally versus, you know, having to force them. You know, I'm, I mean, even here's a small thing, but even working out in the gym, I never wanted to go to the gym. But it seems to me that that's coming into a line with, you know, you really need to be strong. You need to take care of your holy, eternal body. You need to focus on that and, and eating food differently. I'm not eating the carbs like I was. So when you start to align yourself with purpose, a lot of other things naturally line up rather than thinking that you have to do it. It's so nice because, you know, the, the have to is create you being under a stress, whereas when they just naturally do it, it's like, oh, no, it's easy. So I, yeah, I and it, it's I love the way that great spiritual traditions at their more advanced levels get to the truth you just mentioned. Way of Mastery says it with an entire lesson on you need do nothing. Mm-hmm. And if and the reason for it is what you just said. If I line this up and say I have to do this, I've created a stress and a tension in me and it feels more like an um a punishment than something that's an expression of my true purpose in life and the extension of love in form. And I love that idea. Yeah, there's another thing I think we'd you know, want to take into account, and that's our speech. Because I was listening to, well, I have to, I need to, I must, and all that kind of speech. It's a very demanding speech, um, you know. <clears throat> and I was, like, thinking, wow, you know, like, listen to your speech, Julie. Really. How, how's that going to set up your life? And now it's more like, you know, you talk about the flow. It really is the flow. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I think this will be a good idea. Um, I'm not totally 100% into it, but I, I know I'll feel better when I work, finish working out in the gym. And I did. And and I noticed changes happening. I noticed that I'm getting stronger. I'm noticing I'm able to do things that I wasn't able to do before. And that was just like, again, what does Michael say? Put one foot in front of the other. Just put your, what is your purpose about? And then let it happen. And that is being in the flow. And that speech, you know, how I'm watching my speech is going to be part of that because when my speech starts to go to the have-tos, you know, the demanding type of speech, it's, again, again, it creates a stress for me. So I want to... Yeah, and, and, 
and and some would say, Julie, uh, the way I like to think about that is that speech is letting me know I've already created the stress inside me. That speech is alerting me to conflict within me. And that's the power of that tool for me. So I don't just change the speech. I make a commitment to go and uncover the emotional, the unconscious dynamic that gave rise to it. I agree with you. I agree with you. I do worksheets on speech. On you know when I use certain words, and I'll, I'll do some worksheets on the words because I want to see what else surfaces. Because there's going to be you know there's the saying, my words fly up, my thoughts remain below, and for sure there's something going on below. So if I do some worksheets in addressing the speech, then I can start to get into that file and see what else is there to you know that creates that that demanding kind of speech. Best way to put it. I don't like it. I don't think it's a comfortable speech. It doesn't feel nurturing or anything. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. The idea that if I can just give myself permission, and if I can enlist the help of even one or two other people that I trust and respect who have some knowledge of that regulatory speech and the patterns that can be revealed and allow myself to hear the feedback once I've given them permission to tell me. I can learn more about what's actually going on in my unconscious mind in a few days than I have in years prior to that trying to struggle with changing myself from the outside or change the things outside of me so I feel differently inside. And as most of us who've been through the process know, it isn't easy. You know, you've been to enough intensives, Julie, where people say, okay, I'll I'll let you regulate my, or watch my regulatory speech and give me feedback. And then in a matter of a half an hour or so, they're they're frustrated and saying, can't you just let me finish a sentence? Because when I start watching what's coming out of my mouth, I'll start to see the stuff that I've been hiding from myself. And I didn't want to see it. That's why I started hiding it from myself. (laughs) Yeah, people will say, oh, they, they give you permission to support them in their speech, and it doesn't take very long. If you really stay focused with them, it doesn't take very long where their frustration level is up, their anger's up, and they don't want to do it anymore because they just, you know, just don't want to deal with whatever's there. And I, I actually think it's such an honor to be able to work with people. And if they stay with it, you know, and take a look at their speech and so on, and seeing how that speech is setting up their life, you know, they they'll have a smooth move forward, you know, so to speak. But if they don't, then you know, they just dabble back into the old speech patterns. So I think it's a great gift to be able to give to somebody. And uh, I think um, the more people can trust you, like I'm sure your group really trusts you to give them feedback, but the more trust you can create, then it's easier to give back feedback, you know, for speech. Julie, um, that is accurate for me, too, because I use that tool in in a different way sometimes with my clients as a gauge to be able to know when to further and leverage something or not in terms of how they <clears throat> express it because it, you know, 
hides what they prefer not to talk about. And so when I'm getting to know people, it's a way to more, you know, more accurately understand what's really going on. And it saves a lot of time clinically because then I can, you know, address something and push the agenda when they're may not even aware that that's there, but with a little gentle prodding, all of a sudden, you know, this big piece opens up and it's a lot of bang for your buck and get get further more quickly. Oh, I agree with you 100%. Whenever I sit down with anybody, I always take notes on their speech and listen to their speech carefully. And usually that's when an intuitive message will come up, and you know that intuitive message will definitely be for them. It's like their lesson, their lesson plan for the day. And if you, I think if you just patient with that and just kind of slowly surface it, I think it works real well. And I agree with you. That, if that speech helps people move through energy a lot quicker than if we keep talking about the same old story. I mean, that story just keeps creating the story again. But the speech feedback creates an opportunity to change a story. And while they're while people are developing their skills for themselves, then they perceive like, wow, you're so insightful, you know, and they project it back on me. I'm like, yeah, that's right. And I, you know, but move on because it's it's um, charming how much people really hide and how much is really there to experience if you if you know what to look for. I've, I've said that for years. I don't listen to what people say. I listen to what they don't say. And now I've got a tool to label that. I see. There's um a, there's another uh, caller on the line, and I don't know if they're um want to chime in on on this topic or or their own. But if you guys are okay with me adding. Sure, go for it. Okay, so this is area code eight five eight. Um, your microphone's on now. Who's calling, please? Hi, um, my name is Paul, and I'm in San Diego area. And um, I actually have a specific question about a couple specific questions about the reality management. Uh, we get this worksheet. I'm uh, was introduced to the work uh, just recently, so I'm new at this. Um, and it's it's not directly on the topic ex- exactly, you know, because it's more specific. If you want to continue that discussion, and I'll come back later, I can do that as well. No, I think it's great Whatever that works. you're calling. Welcome, welcome to okay. the work. Um, I mean, okay. sounds like you're getting you. some results and digging in there if you got questions. And Tim would love to answer those questions. All right. Well, and Julie, <laughs> great. Who's 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 done far more worksheets than I have. <laughs> Oh, we'll, okay. we'll, all, we'll all give you our opinion. You'll get three different opinions, Paul. All right. Well, you can you can arm wrestle for this. Who gets to answer here? Uh, I um, uh, the first question it's specifically about the worksheet, and I'm a little still a little uh, confused about one e, which is I want to punish. The word punish is, is I'm stuck with that every time I go through one of these. I've done several of them now. I'm not sure that I'm interpreting what that's supposed to mean or to do in that particular line or section. What am I punishing here? When we do these in the uh, support groups, we start with mm-hmm. people, and they um, they usually say things like, "Well, I don't want to punish anybody. I'm that's you know I'm a very spiritual person. That's why I'm here. I'm trying to get better." Yeah. 
and well, we have to work with them gently, sometimes not so gently, to understand that mm-hmm. if I'm picking up a worksheet, it's because I have upset in me. And every time there's upset in me, there is an attachment to some form of punishment, either myself, the world, or someone else specifically. And the more honest I can become about my punishment thoughts, the more productive my worksheet process will be. And some people say, I don't want to go there, it's a negative thought, I don't want to do this, I don't want to create, bring more of that into my life. And what we offer in this work is, if there's upset in you enough that you would want to pick up a worksheet to change something in your life, the negativity is already there. And it's a self-created situation and you're hiding it from yourself. So the more we can step through the worksheet process with willingness and honesty, the more productive it can be. So if I'm doing a worksheet on somebody else and I think that, you know, my ex-wife, this is a worksheet I did a couple of years ago, she came into my office and she sat down like she owned the place without permission and I have all of this irritation and she wants to talk about uh, food at the local Um, grocery store and I think that's ridiculous there's all kinds of issues we've never resolved from the divorce I didn't want that you've never talked to me about all that's churning inside me and then I get to the point where I get to the punishment thought in 1E and I think well I don't want to punish anybody I'm a psychologist I'm a loving person and I certainly wouldn't want to do anything like that to my ex-wife in front of my son I won't get much out of that worksheet So the more I can be honest with saying, you know what, I'd like to just read her the riot act, or I'd like to get up and walk out of here and never have to see her again. Or, you know, I just had this thought about, um, you know, just getting up and throwing my phone and, and slamming the door as I leave. Or, you know what, I want to get on the Internet radio show and tell the entire world about how horrible my ex-wife was to me. That'll teach her. The more honest I can be about those punishment thoughts, the more productive my worksheet will be. Okay, and and if it doesn't involve someone else, then I'm punishing some part of me. Yes, often often my my worksheets, when there's something related to me, what I write in there is what I'm doing, my punishment thought, is to just keep beating myself up emotionally just keep pouring these thoughts about how I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, or I'm not doing the worksheet well enough, or if I was doing the worksheet better, the last five worksheets on this would have wiped it out and I wouldn't have to do another one now. Okay. And uh, oftentimes when I go into, I want to leave and never see this person again, well, my thought there is to isolate them. But what I'm also doing is punishing myself with isolation. I'm cutting myself out Mm -hmm. of relationship and community. So that could be another punishment thought. Julie, have you got any input? Uh, Well, there's usually a punishment thought. It's either punishing the uh, object of your attention, whoever, you know, your trigger was, or there's a punishment thought of self. And I would be aware, become really aware of what do I want to punish and who do I want to blame, and then make sure that I release that. 
and, and I make sure I do that. When I do the release step, make sure I re- really release who do I want to punish or who do I want to blame. Okay. Great. That's that's very helpful. Um, uh, the the other specific question then is six um, C, where it says I I ask to be shown a time when I have not fulfilled uh, number three, and uh, number three is uh, the goal I've been holding. Uh, I'm, I'm question, you know, I'm trying to figure out why we're asking that question. You know, well, it has to be shown at a time where I have not fulfilled that. Okay, so the, 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 the that. primary for point here is to move mm-hmm. into a realization that every time I'm upset about somebody, that I think I'm upset about someone else. One of the ways I say this to people is this uh, kind of a derivative of Dr. Michael Rice's codependence to interdependence worksheet. And the way I formulate the dynamic there is the following. I will never be upset about anything anybody else ever says or does or doesn't do that I think they should unless I'm still judging myself negatively for having done the same or similar thing. Jim, Jim, that's really long. Rex that's what? Brainwashed me. It's, well, everything you said is really good, but it's really long. And you know what? My, it's, 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 it's a quick hat. If I'm talking about somebody else, I'm in denial. That young man mentioned that line to me every time I opened my mouth about my husband, my coworker, my client, my kid. It didn't matter. And, you know, it's over... Hi, if I'm talking about somebody else, I'm in denial. That's it. Okay, so so that's shorter and and will be better for people. So here's the point. Okay, and so here's the point. In this worksheet where I ask to be shown a time when I have done the very thing I think I'm upset at them for doing, it opens, if I'm willing to be open to that, then I realize I can't stop myself from doing the very thing I think they shouldn't be doing, and it opens the door for compassion. So I may need to reformulate the goal slightly. So let's say I'm upset with somebody, and the worksheet is, my son lied to me about, he said he paid his car payment and didn't get paid, and I got another late notice, and I'm doing a worksheet on that. And so then my goal, number three, is I want my son to... Be honest with me and pay his car payment on time. Then I do the release and I come down here in number six and I say, okay, I ask to be shown a time when I have not been completely honest and or I have not lived up to all my financial obligations. And Mm -hmm. if I breathe into that and I realize, oh, geez, you know, there was a time when I was in my 20s where... I was constantly overdrawing at the bank or, you know, hiding it from my parents or whatever, then it softens that place in me that's negatively judging me and allows me to move into compassion for my son in this time. Does that help? Yes, very much. Both the comments um, uh, and perspectives on it are helpful. Yeah, that, that, 
clarifies a lot. I, I, you know, there's a lot on this worksheet. There's still a lot of information on this one page. So, um, uh, and without having spent a lot of time in the whole program, you know, I'm just sorting through it. So it, it's making a lot more sense now. I appreciate the help. Thank you so much. Well, you're entirely welcome. Any comments yeah. on that number six, Julie? Uh, no, I think that you handled it quite well. Uh, the the only thing that I was I used the word violated. When when have I violated that goal? And what I usually notice is that I'm always violating the goal that I hold because I'm holding a goal for somebody else. It appears to be, but I'm really holding the goal for myself. So uh, when we hold a goal for someone else, we're almost always in violation of that goal. Just so you know. Hmm. Okay. You'll be Great. you'll become you'll become more aware of that as time goes on. You know, it, at first it doesn't you know doesn't all gel, but just just be aware that just you know keep putting your one foot in front of the other. Do the worksheets, and you'll see that it, it starts to be a self-taught process if you allow it to happen. It'll just you know you'll go start going with the flow of it. And you'll understand it better and better. Hmm. Yeah, I'm getting a sense of that already. Um, Super. Okay, great. And, Thank and, you so and much. Then, yes. And, well, you're welcome. And then feeding into that in this worksheet is the codependence to interdependence worksheet, which is another worksheet that's available on the website. And that that worksheet has me list out everybody who's ever offended me in a column on the left hand side of a page, and then it has me list out what they did that was offensive to me. And then it has me list out my punishment thought for them. And then it has me list out my advice to them. Hmm. And so let's say I had, you know, my son offended me because he lied to me and then I got this late notice. And and so my advice to him is to tell the truth and to pay his financial uh, responsibilities on time or be honest about his financial situation. Mm-hmm. Now then the last column on that worksheet is how am I going to apply my advice to that person in my life? Because the fact of the matter is, even as I stand here as a 62-year-old, if I'm upset when my son does something, lying to me or not living up to his financial uh, obligations, if I want to tell him you know, tell the truth and pay these things on time. That's good advice for him in his life. That will help him. But it's the perfect advice for me in my life at this moment. If I want to give advice to anybody else, just like Julie said, if I'm holding a goal for anybody else, it's a goal I'm all, I'm already violating for myself at some level. And if that weren't the case, I wouldn't have upset about it. So you can go to whyagain.org and print off that codependence to interdependence worksheet and work through it and get even more insight about the dynamics that you might need to do some more worksheets on. Okay, perfect. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Yeah. Michelle, any other comments for our caller? Hello, Michelle. No, I'm not, yeah, I'm on the other side of the room with the mute. Um, no, I, I think 
he's well on his way. I think um, Paul, you know, take the suggestions that were offered, work on some worksheets, and then call back mm-hmm. in a couple of days and like finesse it some more. Excellent. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. Right. We appreciate the call. Yeah. Thank you how'd so you much. Get, how, yeah. how did you get introduced to the work? Oh, um, through, uh, gosh. The, the short story is through a, a company. I'm just, I kind of merged my company with another company uh, up in Chicago that is using these these tools uh, and bringing this work and, and um, this process into the corporate environment. Uh, the Ruka and, Group. Um, that's right. I now work with them. So, um, you know, I, I, I met Mark um you know, uh, almost a year ago, and uh, we've been in contact, and now we work together. So, and Rex, you probably know Rex is um, part of that, and also um, he just started, you know, coaching me through this whole process. I'm, I'm actually Excellent. an instructional designer, so I'm designing training around this Excellent. for the, for well, the then, group. Then anything yeah. we can do to help you. Uh, Tweak things, tweak your understanding. Uh, every time you ask a question, yeah. it helps each of us understand it even more. So mm-hmm. we're we're very grateful for the call and glad to have you on the team exactly. of people who are trying to take this to a, a wider audience. Yes, that's exciting work. I'm really it, it coincides with my the mission for my life, and uh, which when Mark and I sat down for the first time ever, we just first met, we realized we had the same basic mission, so that's what put this all together, you know, so, um, yeah, it's very exciting, so I get to learn, uh, my job is to learn how to how to do this well, because I have to develop training for other people and how to do it well, so, <laughs> so the best of all worlds for me. Yeah, yeah, it feeds right into yeah. my intro where I said I'm I'm blessed to be able to teach it, because every mm. time I do, I learn it more. Learn it more. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, glad to have you on the team, and thanks so much for the call. Thank you. Take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there you are. We're, you know, broadening the, uh, the vision. That's exciting, to me anyway. Um, he yeah, did, I don't know. I don't know that Paul connected. I'm like, when I mentioned Rex, he's like, you guys probably know Rex. It's like, how many Rexes are there? Well, well the probably, Rex that's involved in Ruka Group. There's only one so far that I know in Ruka Group. So <clears throat> delightful. So do we have, we have anybody else with up. a hand up? Yeah. Yes, uh, we've got area code three three six waiting, and now they're live. Who do we have, and where are you calling from? Okay, this is Tracy. I'm in North Carolina. I've got three different questions. One question is on a recent show. Um, Dr. Tim referred to a um, process that he used that someone shared with him about getting through grief and loss, and I've tried to find it, and I can't find it um, by googling. And I'm having some 
severe health concerns and vision challenges, and I'm headed into surgery. And I've been so. The second question is: Every time I seem to do a worksheet where I experience fear and lack and hostility, it always seems to go back to there's some like woulda, shoulda, coulda thing that I should have seen or done differently and didn't, and that's. I make it mean that's why I am ill right now dealing with this health challenge. And when I get to the canceling the goal, it always looks like it ought not be this way. Um, it looks like, you know, um, the goal is to be healthy and I don't want to cancel that goal. Like I really get roped into their like repeated um, me beating myself up for not having done something and it'll come up so many times and it feels like so redundant to keep doing a worksheet so I'm wondering if I'm missing what the canceling the goal really is because it always feels like when when you say you don't want to cancel the goal to be healthy right so like if I look at something happened I wasn't actually at that time you know trying to be healthy I was just living life and working and doing what I'm doing and didn't do something like speak up and say, oh, why don't we check my thyroid, for instance, when I was at the doctor for a broken arm. And so I'll replay that in my brain, make myself wrong for not saying anything, and then I'm looking at, okay, what was the goal? Well, it wasn't really that I was trying to be healthy. It was just that I was... um, you know, acting on autopilot, and I can't seem to get to what the real goal is. Like how it occurs to me right now is the circumstances I'm in right now shouldn't be this way, but I can't get to the goal. Like what? It's my goal that was happening when the when the event happened, right? Okay, so there's there's a, a number of different ways to do this, and you probably will have all kinds of different goals come up related to this upset but one of the goals is for it to be different than it is now right i want to be healthy i i want to have done things differently in the past i want to do it right what am i doing wrong i've got to get it right so any of those could be good goals to cancel for each incident that you're describing right okay now the, the the idea is that being healthy is a good goal. Doing things the right way is a good goal. Having things work out well, these are good goals. Why would I cancel them? Well, the reason is because it doesn't matter how positive or loving a goal is, if I load it into my mind and I feel frustration, anger, sadness, hurt, or any other negative emotion... I need to cancel the goal and ask to be shown the hidden part of my mind that's actually causing the upset because that goal, as loving, as positive as it is, is not the thing that's causing my upset. The fact that that goal hasn't happened isn't causing my pain or my fear or my sadness. That goal is the driver that's activating pain, fear, sadness, blaming myself for being less than perfect that I've carried around in me for hours, days, years, or decades. 
and mm-hmm. it's using that material that I carried with me into this situation to create a picture or a reality in the moment that isn't accurate. And it's hiding from me the actual source of my negative emotion, my pain, my fear, my sadness. So I'm canceling the goal and asking to be shown the hidden part of my mind. And then when I restore myself to that calm, loving state, I'll probably see things much more clearly. And then if I want to, I can reload that goal and see how it feels. If I load a goal and it generates fear in my mind, I cancel a goal as to be shown the hidden part of my mind. I get some access to the fear. I dismantle that energy and those thoughts. I reload the same loving goal, and now I've got anger. I cancel the goal. I ask to be shown the hidden parts of my mind. I dismantle the energies around anger. I do that process until I finally load that loving goal, and I feel loving. I feel centered and calm, compassionate for myself and others. And from that perspective, I'll have an entirely different set of data to choose from and different ways to interpret it that are more productive. Okay, those the all of those examples or all of the examples that you gave when I look at those being loving goal like they don't load any fear if my goal was to be healthy you know, it doesn't strike a chord with me. So if if you were if you were at the doctor and you didn't speak up about doing blood work and you you felt like the reason you didn't speak up is because you're chicken or afraid or you know, somehow stopped to say what you need, like you have a I can't ask for what I need thing going on. All right, then your goal and you, would be you to want speak to believe up. that it's safe to ask for okay. what you need. How? What would that goal be? To speak up for yourself, I would cancel the goal to speak up for myself. I would cancel okay, the so goal to get it right. I would cancel the goal. None to of be that ever cognitively, cognitively occurred to me. Is it still true? Yes, and you can. You I, can that do I had the, the goal to speak up, but yet I didn't do it. Well, what we're saying is. If now you're talking about it, if you mm-hmm. do the worksheet now and say, what was the thing that if it had changed at that point in time would make it all of this better so I wouldn't have to do this worksheet, if I could speak up for myself, if I could stand up for myself to authority, mm-hmm. then that's a good goal for that worksheet. Put it in there. Use the thoughts okay. that are generating the negative emotion at the time. Okay. And then cancel the goal and watch what it reveals to you about the hidden part of your mind that's related to that goal, about speaking up for yourself, confronting authority, you know, a fear of being um, told you're foolish, whatever it is. You won't know what that is until you cancel the goal and ask to be shown. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? So if I didn't need to speak up for myself, what would that look like? I'm sorry, so I can say actually that again? ask myself if I pick something that if it went away, let's see, how did you say that? If I pick something that um, it would all of a sudden make it like I didn't need to do a worksheet, then it's a good something to choose to cancel. 
Right. It's the it, when, when I'm choosing a goal for a worksheet, I want to make sure it lines up with the negative emotion I'm feeling, the thought I'm using to create that emotion, and the interaction dynamics that I specify in the worksheet that I think is my trigger. Okay. And then I want to choose a goal that if that goal were to have happened in the past or happen now, it would make the whole thing unnecessary because I would not have the emotion, because I wouldn't have the negative thoughts, and because the triggering event either wouldn't have happened or would have happened very differently. Okay, good. Okay, that that helps me get to it because I've been going around in a circle. Um, so in the, in the situation you're describing, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says all these things and you're sitting there with a the thought, I should ask for a blood test, and you don't, and you leave, and later you find out there's a problem that would have been revealed by the blood test, and now you're upset. You're either upset with the doctor or you're upset with yourself. If you're upset with the doctor, there would be a different goal. If you're upset with yourself, it might be a goal like, uh, I, I wanted to speak up for myself, or I wanted to be stronger and feel comfortable speaking up for myself. Right. Okay. Because then, Because then if I'd spoken up for myself gotten a blood test, I would have found out right away. I wouldn't be sitting here now thinking, doggone it, I blew it. It's all my fault. I should have spoken up. Does right. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all other separate worksheets. Doggone it, it's all my fault. I should have spoken up. That's a whole other batch. So, um, okay, so thank you for that. And then my uh, my third question was, where on the website is the fast version where if you're, let's say you're at the store, you don't have your notebook, and you you have a flood of, uh-oh, this trigger, that tr- a hostility thought, a fear thought, a flashback, and you can't, you know, really do them. But you, there, I remember Michael saying there was a, a fast version, so if you, you wouldn't forget these because I've had so many that have disappeared out of my brain. Well, as you started talking, I went to the website, and I'm trying to look through it here to figure out where that is. What it is is a list of, I think there are four on a page, where it simply specifies the trigger and the emotion and the thought. The trigger, the emotion, and the thought. Okay. So um, it's probably, I'm going to, Click on the thing that says Reality Management Worksheets and scroll down here and see if I figure this out for you. Is that under the bullseye thing? Yeah, if you go to the bullseye. Okay, then it's in that list of worksheets. It's called Quick Form. So when you when quick you click form. on the okay, bullseye and then, and, and then you click on the link that says uh, Seven Step Worksheet, then it, it takes you to a page where you can scroll down, and there's all kinds of worksheets listed there. And um, the quick form simply has um, five steps for each, and there are four slots on this, so I can have um, four different sets of notes about different worksheets I need to do. Okay, good. So and you each, just carry each one that. I just, yeah. Michael, and each I mean, one I just fill in those uh, five steps. Go ahead, Michelle. Sorry, sorry, Tracy. I texted you. It's it's a fi- I have it on my phone, so I don't know even know where it is on the website. 
it's five steps short form. And so, like, first step is, like, identifying it, and then second is restoring um, love and getting the goal, and then four is rechecking the source, and, and five is setting the goal for them. So we can find it. Um, cause okay. I know. <laughs> Okay. So then back to my first question. Do you have that um, grief thing? Is there somewhere I can go find that? That's on my website at C and H, the letter C, A N D, the letter H, counseling, C O U N S E L I N G. C and H counseling.com. C is in cat, H is in hat. The word A N D in between them, C N H Counseling dot com, and when you go to that page, you click on the link that says Media near the top of the page. Okay. And then, once you're on the Media page, if you go to the very bottom mm-hmm. of that page, there is a thing called Document Library. Okay. And you can and you can click on the thing that says saying goodbye to good people without saying goodbye to good memories. There's a handout. Okay. And that'll that'll print out the PDF. But then you want to go to the audio and mm-hmm. there are the second, third, uh, yeah, the one, two, three, four. The first four audios that are loaded up there are mm-hmm. all about this process. Okay. And there are two two-hour-long segments, and they're they're listed as saying goodbye to good people without saying goodbye to good memories. And you can and just click and listen to it. You don't have to know how to download MPF. Find a, I can't get to the stuff on the website because I can't figure out how what I need to download some special something or another. Well, if you're so on, can a I just computer, play them? If you're on a computer or a smartphone, it should just play for you when you click them. Perfect. And, okay, and the most thank you so one, much. You're welcome. The most recent one that was added is a short a short clip from um, February 1st on this radio show. Mm-hmm. And that's the second one down there. And it's about an 11-minute segment where Jeannie was asking about getting triggered at the thought that if she left Michael wouldn't be sad. And that oh, okay. triggered and that triggered a whole conversation about what does it mean and, and does it mean that somebody doesn't love me if they don't grieve long and hard when I leave. So that just fed into it. So now that's up there with my two hour workshop and the talk I gave at the Sunday church, at the church on Sunday. Okay, Okay. thank you. You're very welcome. So, Michelle, anybody else with a hand up? Uh, not right now. Well, we have some time left. Julie, are you there with any comments or questions or feedback? Uh yeah, I I probably would have um, asked uh, the lady that was just there. What was her name again? Tracy. Okay, I would have probably 
asked her about, um, you know, the the inner dynamics that seemed to be going on for her was the self-judgment and, you know, maybe taking a look at how she she is picking on herself, you know. Um, all goals drive behavior. So if she was at the doctor's office and only asked to have such and such happen and then she goes home and condemns herself because she didn't say, well, I should have had a bl- asked for a blood test, the only reason she didn't ask for a blood test is that, all didn't surface to take, uh, you know, action on. So she needs to consider being more gentle and respectful with herself. When she was talking, I was getting a vibration that she holds energy in her chest and that she might want to consider starting to breathe more. So that, if she's still listening, I would, you know, certainly do some worksheets on self and and um, holding goals for self and maybe being a slight slightly picking on herself and um, be aware of, you know, not breathing. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. Chances are good that most of us, when we're triggered enough to bring up a worksheet, we're not breathing well. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) And I love the uh, Sylvia Borstein pattern where she realizes she's upset about something and she puts her hand on her heart and she pats her chest and she talks to herself and she says, Sylvia, dear, sweetheart, you're in pain. Take a few deep breaths, relax, then we'll look at what's going on and then we'll decide what to do. But for right now, Sylvia, sweetheart, you're in pain. So just breathe. And that when I think of that and I think about her, I, I I move into being more gentle with myself whenever I'm triggered. So that's excellent advice, in my humble opinion. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's so super. So, Michelle, anything else going on? Anybody with a quick comment in the chat room or their hand up? Lots of, lots of people listening in the chat room, but... Uh, <clears throat> No, uh, not, not a lot of conversation. So I think it was a great show. Maybe uh, we just wrap up here and do an outro. All right. Well, we have a, an intensive going on in Florida, and we have uh, radio shows for the next four days this week. Please uh, feel free to use the archives and come back anytime this week with a question or a comment. And above all, to improve the quality of your life, print out the worksheets and put the pen to the paper. In the meantime, thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com.